This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Welcome to episode 194 of the Broadcast Podcast. This week we're continuing with the new series of Margins to Mic from Unreached Network. Margins to Mic brings together voices from across the New Frontiers family and further afield. In this episode, we're in Mexico hearing from Said Andres Herrera Hurtado. When I see across the atlas, my heart bleeds on this canvas. So we map the plan out to bring healing for this cancer. Tunnel vision focus, seeing the broken and the hopeless. There's healing in this music as God spoke. We wrote this. I've got courage. I'm not. Hola, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo están todos ustedes? Eh, mi nombre es Ayuda Andrés Herrerutado. Soy de León, Guanajuato, México. Y estoy muy feliz de ser parte de este proyecto de Nuevas Fronteras. Hello, everybody. I, I hope you are doing well. I am. Very excited to be part of this project. I am Said Andres Herrerutado. I am 21 years old and I'm from a city called León, Guanajuato in Mexico. And really, really excited to be part of this project. Uh, I've been serving in youth ministries, in the worship band, in also helping other youth ministries uh, from Mexico, from other churches. All this inside of the sphere called Christ Central. But right now, I'm in Cape Town, South Africa. I have been living here for the past nine months, and I'm serving in a church called Jubilee Community Church that is part of the movement called Advance, which is also part of New Frontiers. So this is very, I don't know, exciting for me, very real, that we are part of different movements, but connected to one mission. And that's the main idea of New Frontiers. And just by acknowledging that, it really gets me excited that we are part of a bigger body all around the world. And this project is something like that. I've been really, really enjoying the first season of Margins to Mike. And now I'm glad to be part of the second season. So I hope you can really relate to what I'm going to tell you and that you can understand what I want to express to you today. So my main goal today would be to tell you, to inform you what are the biggest uh, challenges around spreading the gospel in a Mexican society. Also connecting, connected to that, I would like to also tell you what are the symptoms, where can you see uh, the problems of Mexico. And, and these problems are of course correlated to the lack of a good gospel. So why is that so important? Why, why, why the gospel is still relevant in a Mexican society that likes to call themselves Christians? And I want to give you a little bit of context of what's the problem. 80% of the people in Mexico call themselves to be Catholic. Then there's another 10% that is the Protestant community. Uh, churches like us, evangelical churches, reformed churches, 
Methodist churches, Baptist churches, etc., etc. And there's the other 10% that is either atheist, agnostic, or various other religions. Is it still relevant, the gospel? Is it still important to spread and make an effort to spread the gospel in Mexico if 90% of the community declares to be part of the body of Christ? Because there's a lot of corruption and there's a lot of gangsters. Uh, so why the gospel has an impact, really, the Mexican society? Is that that the gospel is ineffective in Mexico? And the answer, and I have to be careful on how to say this, but it's yes, the gospel is ineffective here. Why? Because we don't have a pure gospel. And that links, links me now to explain to you the origins of the problem related to the gospel. So it really hasn't transformed, although so many people would know about Jesus Christ, and they would say that they know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't believe in him or have a relationship with him, which is the biggest difference uh, about knowing about the gospel, knowing about Jesus Christ, or to have a relationship with him. That's the main idea. Um, first of all, Mexico, if you don't know, is we are not indigenous and we are not Spanish people. We are the combination, we are the mixture that happens to be when you mix a Spanish people with indigenous people from America. So we are not 100% indigenous, we are not 100% Spanish people. And the story goes like this, that the Spanish people came to America, they conquered what it used to be an empire, an indigenous empire. And something that they do is to preach the gospel. The Catholic people coming from Spain were preaching the gospel. What was the case is that they adapted the gospel to the indigenous society. They didn't Contextualized, they adapted the gospel. So now we have been talking about contextualization and adaptation. So what are the differences? Uh, I'm going to give you some examples of what was the adaptation of the gospel to the indigenous society. So the indigenous society used to believe in uh, so many gods, they, and they were comfortable with that. They didn't have like a, the monotheist uh, the God that we have right now, they used to have a lot of gods and they were comfortable with that, embracing a lot of them, even if they were enemies uh, between them. So that was one big problem and one big challenge to preach the gospel in an indigenous society. That was a big challenge for the Spanish people. So the way they resolved this problem was, okay, if they believe in so many gods, let's give them so many gods, but one that is the most important god. So, so many gods were now translated or substituted to so many saints. What are the saints? Basically, they are idols. That actually makes a lot of sense to the indigenous people. They were like, okay, we don't have a problem with having a lot of gods and actually... The problem for us is to just believe in one God. That's not okay. 
So the Spanish people was like, okay, you want to have a lot of gods, let me give you a lot of saints. So that's one problem already. That's adaptation. That is not contextualization. Because if you read in the Bible, you will never find out that saints can help you to be more godly. We are not Jesus Christ. We are not the mediator between God and man. Saints can do that according to the Bible. So now they adapted the gospel and they were like, okay, um, we can be a little bit flexible on this to adapt the gospel to this society. That's one case. Let me give you another example. The indigenous people used to praise one goddess and her name is mother of everything. Does that sound familiar to you? What they the Spanish people did was, okay, these people comes to this mount to praise this goddess and her name is mother of everything. And we don't want them to praise this person anymore, this goddess anymore, and but they don't want to stop doing this. What can we do? So they found a way to adapt the gospel again. They brought the Virgin Mary the mother of everything. So now the indigenous go to that mount and now they praise this new goddess, but it's kind of the same goddess that we have because now this Virgin Mary is the mother of everything. So for they, they didn't really feel the difference. They were like, okay, maybe it's just a new name for our goddess. And then the Spanish people was feeling like they succeed, okay, now they're worshiping Virgin Mary and it's connected to Jesus Christ and it's connected to God and now they are believing in the gospel. But in reality, what was happening for the indigenous were like, okay, we are just changing the name of our goddess, but we are not convinced that this is another goddess. And the second thing that I want to talk about is the Protestant reform came to Mexico really late, 200 years later. Um, and it is that way because the traditional church had a lot of power, but also because the immigrants coming from Europe that had this new understanding, understanding of the gospel. So they used to open churches, but not for the Mexican people really, but for themselves. So uh, the Protestant churches came um, but not for the Mexican people, not for the Mexican society, but for themselves. Um, and then there, is, there was a second wave in the 19th century uh, where some missionaries from USA came to Mexico to spread again the gospel or try to do it. But the powerful church, the powerful traditional church didn't like them that much. So they really killed some of them uh, and also kind of neutralized their good intentions to spread the new understanding of the gospel with a Protestant uh, reformed view of the gospel. And then there was more movements um, trying to come to Mexico and to spread the gospel. Some of them successful, some of them were a failure, but really to Mexico, um, the Protestant reform came 200 years later.
So that makes a lot of sense why we are still struggling with problems that Europe and USA had 200 years uh, ago. We still have some struggles, um, some, um, some bad understandments of the gospel because the church history of Mexico is 200 years left behind compared to Europe and USA. Okay, so let me tell you why, what are the main symptoms. And pretty much if you know something about Mexico, you would know these symptoms already. Um, a little bit uh, stereotypical, but in a sense, true, so true. We will talk about corruption and this is actually a bit sad for me. Uh, we will talk about corruption, we will talk about gangsters and poverty. And of course this is correlated to a bad understanding of what the gospel really is. Because when the gospel really hits a society, the values of the gospel also transform the society itself. So, first of all, poverty. There is a lot of inequity in the Mexican society, a lot of rich, rich, very wealthy people, and a lot of very poor, poor people. And that combined to be the neighbors of the biggest, uh, the largest consumer of drugs in the world, I'm talking about USA, in combine as well with the a government that is very corrupted in Mexico. That leads to somewhere bad, right? That leads to gangsters. People that is poor, that of course doesn't want to be poor. That's not the way that people should be living. But also that looks at the government and the government is very corrupted and it's uh, taking the money that should be for the Mexican society leads to a lot of insecurity, to a lot of um, even lack of faith. Because in a country where everybody believes in God and there's a lot of insecurity, you are like, well, maybe we should put our faith in other places. Well, maybe God was never real. Well, maybe the values of Christianity are not as good as we thought they were. So, a corrupted society is not a gospel society. A insecure society is not a gospel society. Um, gangster community is not a gospel community. Um, so that's why it's important and it's not only important it's urgent there's an emergency to spread the gospel in mexico and of course all around the world but in mexico we need to spread the gospel again we need to re-evangelize mexico because even though we can say yes we believe in the gospel people really doesn't understand it they have a poor view of the gospel they have a messed up view of the gospel because the way it was preached in Mexico and also the way it's lived in Mexico. The problem in Mexico could be illustrated this way. We have been vaccinated with a poor version of the gospel. 
just as a vaccine. A vaccine is a poor version of a virus, just that your body can uh, have a little bit of comprehension of what's that virus. And, but it's not the virus. It's, no, it's, it's not the complete virus. It's not the real virus that is very strong and that can really transform your body. Uh, of course, in a negative way, but like if we compare that virus with the gospel, the, the gospel transform in a positive way and it's really strong. It's a virus, virus that is really strong. So what happened in the Mexican society is that we have been vaccinated with a poor, poor, poor version of the gospel. So everybody would say, yes, I have my vaccine. I have my gospel vaccine. And the problem is that when they see the real gospel coming, the, the real virus coming, they have a bad understanding of the gospel, which actually, instead of helping, making them reject the pure gospel. And it's quite difficult because we cannot reverse the history in Mexico. It would be actually easier that everybody in Mexico doesn't even know about Jesus Christ. That would be easy. That would be like a blank page to work from scratch, to spread the gospel as very good, good, good news. But now it's quite difficult because they already have an understanding of what's the gospel. And it's a really messed up understanding. They have a vaccine that is not allowing them to really be affected by the virus that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's in a very, very short summarize what is happening in Mexico. What's the problem related to the gospel? What are the origins of this problem? And what are the symptoms? Um, and I just, I would like to end up in prayer because um, we really have a challenge. And I know that so many countries have their own challenge. Uh, um, but yeah, in Mexico we have a hectic challenge related to gospel and to spread the gospel. Uh, that only, only the church, well, only Jesus Christ, only the Spirit through the church can transform this nation. Uh, which is really a necessity of uh, transformation from all levels of society. So, uh, dear Father, thank you so much that we can be part of a community all around the world through New Frontiers in the various and diverse spheres uh, in Africa, in America, in Asia, all around the world. It's just amazing that, and we as New Frontiers, we are just a representation of what is the full and whole body of the church through history, through time, through a lot of um, borders and frontiers, we are your body. And we want to spread the gospel all around the world. But I just want to pray specifically for Mexico. Uh, thank you that you have put us there for good reason. You, 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 you want Mexican people in heaven. And that's amazing. Um, but I just pray that we can find new and fresh ways to spread the gospel to people that already know about you, but they don't really have a relationship with you. I pray for my friends and the people 
that is still not my friends, but I will get to know in the future some colleagues from New Frontiers all around the world. Uh, I pray for uh, the people is going to be also part of this second season of Margins to Mind, that you will help them in their context to contextualize the gospel, not to adapt the gospel, but to contextualize it and put the flavor that the country needs, um, uh, but still maintaining the purity of the gospel. We are the salt and the light of the world. Amen. Thank you so much for the opportunity of being part of this project. It really has been an whole experience to me, uh, getting to reflect about my society, researching a little bit, and also I'm very keen and very excited to get to know more about your societies. Thank you.